Do you want to maximize your success with NCUA? Join Mark Trichel as he shares with you the insider's view on passing your exam with Flying Colors. The With Flying Colors podcast is sponsored by Credit Union Exam Solutions by Mark Trichel. If you would like to work directly with the Credit Union Exam Solutions team and receive support to optimize your results with NCUA so you save time and money, visit us at marktrichel.com to find out more. Hey everyone, this is Mark Treichel with another episode of With Flying Colors. This is my 14th episode in March. This is my 93rd episode overall, and I am calling this one, You Can't Regulate Stupidity. Now, back when I was at NCUA, there was a phrase that we would mutter, staff would mutter at certain times, and that is that you can't regulate stupidity. Sometimes banks do stupid things. Sometimes Credit unions do stupid things. And to try and build a regulation around that is just fruitless because you can't regulate stupidity. All right. Well, Silicon Valley Bank, stupid. Signature Bank, stupid. And in the simplest form, I will say that Signature Valley Bank had concentrations of only one type, generally only one type of customer, the venture capital world. They also had only one type of investment long-duration government bonds that got priced to hell and back with what's been going on at the Fed. So as what's what's the guy's name? As Tom Hanks said in Forrest Gump, stupid is as stupid does. And there were inept people at both Signature Bank and Silicon Valley Bank based on everything I've learned about them this month. And I've shared some of that here. In that regard, yesterday I did a a podcast relative to what was happening at the House and Senate on this, on the hearings. And yesterday, the White House released a fact sheet from President Biden, and it reads as such. President Biden urges regulators to reverse Trump administration weakening of common sense safeguards and supervision for large regional banks. President Biden believes that resilient community and regional banks provide vital services to small businesses, workers, and families around the country. The Biden-Harris administration has taken decisive action to ensure that the stability of the banking system without putting taxpayer dollars at risk. Editorial note, banks are taxpayers. Those banks are being impacted. So I've said elsewhere that this is a bailout. They're implying here that it isn't. Okay, editorial comment over. Keep reading what the president had to say. As we have demonstrated, the administration has the tools to act quickly to prevent contagion and is committed to taking strong action if needed. Americans should have confidence that their deposits will be there when they need them. Editorial comment, especially those 10 depositors at Silicon Valley Bank that had over what? $11 billion in deposits, think about that. And here they're selling it as as that protecting America. Okay, as the president said when his administration announced actions to stabilize the banking system, he is committed to continuing our efforts to strengthen oversight and regulation of larger banks so that we are not in this position again. The Obama-Biden administration put in place strong requirements, primarily through the Dodd-Frank Act, and subsequent regulations and supervision to reduce the risk of future banking crises. Unfortunately, Trump administration regulators weakened many important common sense requirements and supervision for large regional banks like Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, 
whose recent failure led to contagion. Well, they concluded it led to contagion. And as I said, the title of this podcast is You Can't Regulate Stupidity. These regulations likely would not have prevented what happened. There still would have been this electronic run because any amount of liquidity that anybody would have reasonably required or any amount of capital that anybody would have reasonably required from these rolled back regulations still wouldn't have prevented a situation where someone has 90% of their deposits uninsured and 25, 30, 40% of those fly out in one day. So again, this is political hyperbola and hopefully, and I understand why they do it because that's what they do, but hopefully calmer heads will prevail and there won't be a lot of regulations that come out of this. The president believes that the weakening of common sense bank safeguards and supervision during the Trump administration for large regional banks should be reversed in order to strengthen the banking system and protect Americans' jobs and small businesses. Again, small businesses, well, is $11 billion being doled out to 10, 10 depositors, small business, that's big business. Specifically, the president urges the federal banking is in consultation with the Treasury Department to consider a set of reforms that will reduce the risk of future banking crises, including reinstating rules that were rolled back in the previous administration for banks with assets between 100 and 250 billion, including liquidity requirements and enhanced liquidity stress testing. So they have, they've had stress testing for the bigger banks, and I'm sure those other banks had to have it as well. But enhanced liquidity requirements will mean that will impact <coughs> the ability of the banks to earn money, which will mean that they'll have to increase fees. And oh, by the way, the CFPB is attacking the fees side of things. So they're going to make it harder for banks to survive, which will ultimately lead to more mergers, which will lead to more big fail institutions. But perhaps maybe that's where they want this to go anyway, sadly. And they, they want to have annual supervisory capital stress. Federal banking authorities have undertaken comprehensive capital stress tests to evaluate a range of risks that could face banks and to require that banks clearly have enough capital to withstand the potential losses associated with those risks. Under the Trump administration, regulators reduced the obligation for banks like Silicon Valley Bank to undergo these stress tests from once a year to once every two years. As a result, when Silicon Valley Bank failed, it had never undergone a comprehensive capital stress test, even though it had more than $200 billion in assets. Okay, well, the last stress test that the Fed did was based on inflation, had nothing to do with liquidity. By the way, the Fed had driven rates up, which caused, which was one of the causes of the liquidity, liquidity events. So the Fed uh, didn't foresee a stress test needing to be done based on rates having gone up and what that would impact on the liquidity or illiquidity of otherwise reasonable investments. Yet having done that is going to prevent anything? Nope, I disagree. Comprehensive resolution plans, also known as living wills. Living wills, um, NCUA went through some scenarios where they tried to look at how living wills could be put in place at some of the big institutions. And I may have more on this. That's a story for another day. But my recollection is that that is virtually impossible to do. And it's really a paperwork exercise. So again, that's just a regulatory burden to make you feel good that you're going to solve a problem that's already behind us. Strong capital requirements for banks at an appropriate time after considerable transition period. Taking steps to once again ensure strong supervision. 
reduce the transition periods for applying common sense safeguards to growing banks that are projected to exceed the $100 billion threshold. On its face, that seems reasonable. Strengthen supervisory tools, including stress testing, to make sure banks can withstand higher interest rates and other stresses. So, you know, more robust stress testing is going to have costs associated with it. My fear is ultimately whatever they do regulate for banks will trickle down to the Office of National Examination and Supervision and large credit unions. And from a credit union perspective, that's what we need to watch for long term. Expanding long-term debt requirements to a broader range of banks. Currently, regulators require the largest banks to issue minimum amounts of long-term debt, which in the event of failure can serve as a loss-absorbing buffer to better protect depositors. Last year, regulators began the process of updating these rules to, among other things, apply to a larger swath of banks. The regulators are encouraged to move forward expeditiously in proposing new rules. Now, the devil's in the details. This is not something that NCUA has in any way, shape, or form. And I'm curious to see where the banks take this. So I'm going to withhold my opinions on this until I see what these proposed rules do and what the commenters have to say about it. But having a better, having a better matching long-term liability, if you're going to long-term investments on its face, sounds Sounds appetizing, but I'm sure there's a lot of other tentacles and unintended consequences tied to that. Ensuring that the costs of replenishing the deposit insurance fund after these recent bank failures are not borne by community banks. The FDIC relied on the FDIC deposit insurance fund, a fund made up entirely of fees paid by banks to help ensure that all depositors at Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank had full access to their deposits. Current law requires the FDIC to levy a special assessment on banks to recover losses to the DIF and give the FDIC discretion on how to implement the assessment. So I agree that they should not penalize the community banks, the small banks that weren't deemed to be part of the contagion and are being penalized by having large depositors move from them to some of the larger banks and credit unions haven't seen that so much, which is good. And I think that's because of the, the people that credit union serves. Again, credit unions are wearing the white hats. And I tend to agree with the fact that they should charge the bigger banks. I will take, I will mention that the one sentence to help ensure that all depositors at Silicon Valley Bank and the Signature Bank had full access to their deposits. Again, 10 Depositors had $11 billion. That's 66% of the loss at that institution. Unheard of. And when are we going to find out who these 10 depositors are? I mentioned that yesterday, but it's really stuck in my craw, as you might be able to tell as I bring it up again. Now, this statement, there was a news article in American Banker, and it basically says, you know, some of the things I just said relative to what President Biden said, but it does have the opposition's, the other side's statement. And here it is. Republicans immediately pushed back to Biden's call. Representative Patrick McHenry, chairman of the House Financial Services Committee, criticized the administration for politicizing the banking turmoil. I would agree with that. The Biden administration continues to politicize the, the failure of SVB and Signature Bank to push long-held progressive priorities unrelated to the causes of the collapses. He said, as we heard from Biden's own regulators at our hearing yesterday, 
Supervisory incompetence was the leading cause of the failures. There is no evidence that the original Dodd-Frank would have prevented these bank runs. So now, while I disagree with much of what Biden said, I disagree with what is being characterized here by Patrick McHenry. From what I heard about the hearings and what I read about the hearings, supervisory incompetence did not lead to this. The stupidity was at Signature Signature Bank and SVB. Now, could have other things been done to elevate things quicker? Hindsight's always 20-20. And as a former regulator, I'm the first one to say it's easy to to blame the regulator. But I did hear that they coded them a three. I did hear that they were pushing back on that. And the reality is doing a a public cease and desist order to try and get somebody to have more liquidity in and of itself could contribute to the liquidity issue. You can also argue that some of the things that Silicon Valley Bank did to slow down the regulators likely contributed to this. And I did read that their board, Signature Valley, Silicon Valley Bank's board, the last week of operations was still putting their heads in the sand and ignoring reality. So if there are regulations that come of this, I'm hoping that they'll measure twice and saw once, as I pointed out pointed out in previous podcasts, this is going to have a long runway. There won't be any rushes to judgments. There are a lot of reports that will be coming out. I think the first one is in May, where FDIC will make some recommendations on, on many fronts, but more details on that in the past podcast. I want to thank you, as always, for listening. It's March 31st. The Minnesota Twins are in first place with a 1-0 record, having shut out the mighty Kansas City Royals yesterday. And they need to hold on to first place the whole season. All right, that's it. Mark Trichel signing off with Flying Colors. Thank you for joining us on this episode of With Flying Colors. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app to hear future episodes where subject matter experts of all varieties will provide tips on how to achieve success with NCUA. If you would like to learn more about how we assist credit unions, check out our services at marktrichel.com. 